heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. We today on the masculine journey may go where no talk show <laughs> has gone before, trying to work within the Trinity. You know, what does that feel like? How do you describe it yourself? You know, the question that has been in my mind for years and years, Sam, is I go out and pray. Am I praying to God the Father? Am I praying to God the Son? But this has a, a a lot to do with the Holy Spirit as well. So, wow, where am I? Where exactly does this fit in? And what does that have to do with the larger story, which is where we picked up last week? Is man, I feel like I've walked into this in the middle of the movie. But Act One is a big deal in the larger story. Oh, it is. It's what it's what happened before we come on the scene. You know what? What did it look like before man? Obviously, if you believe God has been here forever, right? Which he created forever, I guess you could say. But then, so what was going on then? Was he alone? No, there was a fellowship there. And so we're going to learn more about that fellowship and, and the important role that each of those play in our life. And I know for me, it was very um, a process of really understanding it, kind of being exposed to it in a little bit different ways and really getting more clarity around just how interwoven they are, but yet how independent they are. Right, and, and, you know, a lot of folks, when they think of the larger story, Vinny, you think of, what, Genesis 1, in the beginning what? There was light. Right, and, and God said, let there be light. In the beginning, God. That's right. God is right. But John 1, 1 takes us maybe a bit further behind that and says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and and so there's this picture of there was something before there was light. Before he started to create, there was, Sam, a trinity. Yeah, that's right. And this fellowship. And just picture with me for a minute, what was that like? This fellowship between God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and they're hanging out. And at some point they went, wow, I need a Sam to hang out with because it's a little, you know. How did that work, do you think, Sam? Well, and hopefully this is heard in the right context. I would view it more like uh, the fun of the Three Stooges versus like going to a board meeting. You know, I mean, I think that I would view it as just camaraderie. You know, like when guys get together and you kind of laugh at silly things and things that you should really grow up past, but you never do. Yeah, not to be a little guy, I don't mean that, but just the love that flows through that camaraderie, you know, it's kind of what I envision. And, and for me, I, when I did this at boot camps the larger story i like to use the picture of the river runs through it where the father was with the two sons and and they're out trout fishing and so i pictured the fellowship something like that but al how do you picture the fellowship um i heard a great analogy when i was a kid of steam water and ice and if ice is jesus the physical form god is very fluid and he's he's everywhere and then the holy spirit is like steam he permeates. You can't really see him, but he's all over, all around. 
And that's, I like that analogy for kids. I think that's a great way to, to understand the different forms of God. So John Owen, you know, he was a Puritan back a long time ago, wrote a book called Communing with the Triune God, and he went into about 1,200 pages, honestly, <laughs> Sam, in old King James English, which is a bit tough to struggle through, to give us different ways that he felt like we could commune separately, like this is how you can commune with the Father, and this is how you can commune with the Son, and this is how you can commune with the Holy Spirit individually and collectively, and we're going to talk about that throughout the show today, but just to kind of dive into each of those individually, the first one that he mentioned was God the Father, and God the Father being a picture of love. He used that as the primary thing that when you think about a father, it's the father's love and a place to go. So, Al, you picked a clip on that subject, and tell us why and what and what, what you got for us. Well, you know, we have so many good clips that we've used in the past that it's difficult to find new clips on, on the same subject. And, you know, Superman is a great movie. We've brought it in. Uh, many clips from it, but this is one that we haven't really delved into, and that is um, a father that uh, Superman, Clark Kent, never really knew, never really saw before. And so he doesn't actually see him. It's kind of like a picture of him from the past. And he's in this uh, interaction, he understands why uh, his, uh, he was brought into this world and what his purpose is and, and how it relates to Earth. What if a child aspired to something greater? You were the embodiment of that belief, Cal. Krypton's first natural birth in centuries. That's why we risked so much to save you. Why didn't you come with me? We couldn't, Cal. No matter how much we wanted to. No matter how much we loved you. Your mother, Lara, and I were a product of the failures of our world as much as Zod was. Tied to its fate. So I'm alone. No. You're as much a child of Earth now as you are of Krypton. You can embody the best of both worlds. The dream your mother and I dedicated our lives to preserve. The people of Earth are different from us, it's true. But ultimately, I believe that's a good thing. They won't necessarily make the same mistakes we did. Not if you guide them, Cal. Not if you give them hope. That's what this symbol means. The symbol of the House of El means hope. Embodied within that hope is the fundamental belief in the potential of every person to be a force for good. That's what you can bring them. So, Sam, when you're thinking the Father's love, and, and how do you see that conveyed through that picture there? Well, just that he was willing to send the most precious thing that he had down to help others. You know, I, I never was a big Superman fan growing up. It wasn't one of the cartoons or the, the uh, what do they call it, comic books, there they go, that I read as much. But the more you think about that, just there, Superman had a heavenly father, he had an earthly father. And what was really cool about that clip is he talked about he was from the house of El. Now, I believe El is one of the names of God. Actually, yeah. Superman was based on an inspiration of Jesus Christ. That's why it was written um, as a superhero. And if you notice in the movie, they tried to embody that. 
there's one point where he descends on the armies of the earth and he's his arms are out and across and he just kind of descends and there was a big rigmarole in hollywood about oh this is too much like you know jesus we don't want this in there but i'm glad they kept that in the movie and i'm glad that they remade this movie and, and Vinny, you um when you picture god you, you you told me or earlier before the show quite often you're thinking of the father and you know you obviously could relate to the godfather like none of us <laughs> you know that's putting the you know god in front of the father instead of you know right but how do you see the father's love illustrated through your life well uh actually i think he shows his love to us all down here through jesus his son uh you know i pray to god but i know that eventually uh it's jesus that's going to listen to my prayers and give me the the grace of god uh, wow what a great segue because that that actually john owens second character of the trinity of being jesus his primary trait that he chose for him was grace and so for me that was a big misunderstanding i i really didn't understand the word grace and i was on this <laughs> journey a couple years ago to try to understand the word and surprisingly i got the answer through a barbie movie <laughs> now did that come free with the uh, dolls that you got it did it was it's the pearl princess is the barbie movie and in this clip, you can see that this young lady has some grace. And that grace meaning that when she's around people, it changes them. And she meets this very strange character, a stonefish, who's in a very bad mood. And I will say that when she changes him, she's going to put pearls on the ends of all his spikes, and that's going to change things. But as I looked at it, I thought, wow, as the word grace means favor. As she treated this stonefish like he was her favorite, it completely changed the stonefish. And, and, of course, me being Robbie, I could relate to the stonefish because I, I got a few uh, you know, places on me that might poke somebody. Huh? Move away from the rock. What? Move away from the rock. Why? Uh. That's why! A stonefish! One of the most poisonous! THE MOST POISONOUS! Make that THE MOST POISONOUS FISH IN THE SEA! That's right, lady! You're looking at the face of certain Doom! Nice to meet you, Mr. Doom. That is one powerful voice you have. Aren't you gonna move it? I vote with him. Uh, aren't you listening? <laughs> Each one of my poisonous spikes means a terrible, horrible end! Prettier. Uh, what? What have you done to me? He 
kicked your spikes. Now no one needs to be scared of you. Oh, great. Just great. Now what am I supposed to do? Just be nicer. Stop trying to frighten everyone. Get to know your fellow fish. Easy for you to say. But everyone runs from me. Once no one's afraid of you, I bet you'll have loads of friends. I don't know. It all seems wrong for a stonefish. And I'm not so good at friendliness. We're heading to the city. There's lots of fish there, Mr. Doom. You could practice being friendly on them. The name's Spike. Uh, you don't mind me coming along? I'd be honored. Wayne Johnson here. The earthquakes you see in movies are one thing, but real life is a completely different animal. Just because you can't predict an earthquake doesn't mean that you can't prepare for one. In the event of a real earthquake, you should drop, cover, and hold off. Visit ready.gov earthquake and practice what to do to keep you and your family safe in the event of a real earthquake. And you'll be seen as a hero by your family and your loved ones. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. At 18, Terry Fox was a university student. At 19, he was a cancer patient. At 21, he was a hero. Let's honor Terry Fox and support cancer research by joining Terry's Cause on Campus, college and university students coming together in an effort to fight cancer. Cancer affects us all, and we are stronger fighting it together than we are fighting it alone. Register today at terryfox.org slash Terry's Cause on Campus. Not a word was spoken The church bells all were broken And the three men I admire most The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost They caught the last train for the coast The day the music died Ow, ow, we know Dennis picked out that song because he's he's our our you know he's the music man he's the music meister yeah but he picked it out for a very specific reason that he felt like the well, go ahead and they're talking about when um, the Holy Spirit leaves the Father Son and the Holy Spirit leave that's when the church bells were broken and you know I love the song I love the clip and I love not that I love the thought of the the church bells being broken and the uh, Trinity leaving. But I look forward to the, the time when we're all leaving and we go to heaven when that rapture comes. What you got, Sam? You look like you had... Uh, you got nothing. <laughs> I was about to just, just a little bit of gas. Really <laughs> is this because we went from Superman to Barbie? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you're, you're still reeling from the Barbie clip and you're thinking, oh, yeah. Robbie, what in the world? Vinny, what are you thinking? What am I thinking here? Uh, how many times have you heard anybody say, by the grace of Jesus. I very I can't think of one time that it was by the grace of Jesus. You know, when I baptized my first child, I heard the priest, yeah, I'm Catholic. I heard the priest with oil say, by the grace of God. But we all know that God and Jesus are one of the same that he sent down to us. But I was just thinking through that clip and what you guys are talking about, I don't say, I I don't remember anybody saying by the grace of Jesus. Well, here's the good news, really, seriously. In the Gospel of John, 
Yes. One of the things right after it said, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, it's going to say, and he was full of grace and truth. You're right. That is good news. It is. It's the best possible news that that grace is a huge part of Jesus, of what he is, right, Sam? Yeah. When people say, you know, for me, the, the grace of God, they're referring to Jesus. I mean, well, that, that, you know, it's kind of the same. It was his yeah. grace uh, that he sent Jesus down. To the, yes, uh, I, I understand that a little little clearer now, but I just meant, you know, in the everyday oh, yeah. way of life, you know, by the grace of God. But, yeah. you know, but we all know uh, that God and Jesus is one of the same. Absolutely. Know. And the word grace meaning favor. Favor, right. Right. It was because... Robbie's his favorite <laughs> that he sent Jesus. But another part of that clip that I don't want anybody to miss, I, I, for me it's, it's significant, is that we've often heard people refer to royalty as his grace. His grace. As, and, and that there was going to be certain attributes of gracefulness. And when you understand what that looks like, is Barbie really does illustrate grace for the stonefish at this particular point and changes his personality as a result of the grace that he was given People, when they are acting in grace, if you're royalty, you get that kind of outcome. Well, and that grace, you know, kind of rounds off those jagged edges. Right. Right. It kind of takes away the sting of them. And so there is a lot in that clip that really is pretty cool about how grace does change people. You know, that, and that's a great point. My wife um, talks about grace. And um, so often people think of grace as being poise, but real poise is forgiveness. Because if you can't forgive, if you can't allow your heart to do that, then it becomes embittered and it becomes jagged and it becomes that of a stonefish. And and real just, just real to get back poise. To the I, I love your idea of poise, but I think real poise has a lot to do with the masculine journey. In that, if you're looking through eyes of grace, you see the glory of God in another person rather than seeing the spikes. You saw she saw the glory of Spike and what he could be in the kingdom. This one thing, it's um, just a random thought, but I want to make sure Robbie didn't go out and rent the Barbie movie <laughs> just to watch. And this is where... Are you saying he owns it? Yeah, well, this is where God comes to you in such weird ways that you're sitting there watching that with your granddaughter and this picture of grace is just right there. And so, you know, even though this wouldn't be a clip that you'd think you'd hear on the masculine journey, it, it shows you the point that God's continually coming after us in all different ways through all different venues and through all, all sorts of different media which gets us to what is probably for all of us well maybe not for all of us but for me the most mysterious of the three which is the holy spirit and so you know i sent it out to the, as we're coming up with the topic you know what would be a good clip to illustrate the holy spirit and, and there's attributes that john owen goes into but the one that he says is primary is he's the comforter or he's the paraclete he's the one who's there beside you and, and for me, when the Holy Spirit is working on me, there's a sort of a burning that goes on. And there's, and there's this very deep love relationship. And so there's no doubt it, it, to me that the Holy Spirit is fire and light and, and those kind of things is, is described in the, in, the, in the Scripture. And so I, I picked this clip. It's Romeo and Juliet. What can I say? I know Sam's sitting there going, Robbie, not again, but here we go. But soft. What light through yonder window breaks? It is the east, and Juliet is the sun. 
Arise, fair sun, and kill the envious moon, who's already sick and pale with grief that thou art made out far more fair than she. Wait. It is my lady. Oh, it is my love. Oh, that she knew she were. The brightness of her cheek would shame the stars as daylight doth a lamp. Her eyes, set in heaven, would give forth such light the birds would sing and think it were not night. See how she leans her cheek upon her hand. Oh, that I were glove upon that hand, that I might touch that cheek. Oh, me. She speaks. Oh, speak again, bright angel. Oh, Romeo, Romeo. Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that was appropriate. Robbie's mic just fell right off the stand. <laughs> it was tough because my fellow masculine right journeyers were poking their pen and their head during that clip because, you know, it, for everybody, it's not the same as it's Sam. It's not. You know, that's what's really cool about how God does come after us. And as much as I love to give you a hard time, it, it's fun to just see how he comes after us each in our unique way. It echoes things in scripture that just as Jesus healed the blind in many different ways, God comes after us in unique ways that speak to us that may not make sense always to other people. And that's okay because it's a unique relationship with him. So I think it's great that as we talk about the Holy spirit and we play um, a Romeo and Juliet clip that the Holy spirit actually breaks Robbie's mic and drops it in his lap. (laughs) Well, for me to speak to your point, Sam, yeah, my favorite book in the Bible, if there's some, you know, that I just love to spend time in is the Song of Solomon. And when you listen to the way that that love is described in that book and you listen to the way that Shakespeare, you know, he gives words to Romeo that show the passion that's really there. And I feel that when the Holy Spirit begins to draw out that love for Christ in me, which I know ends up being towards obedience in the Father, which, which brings you back into the whole thing. So for me, the Holy Spirit is illustrating through fire, you know, my love for the Trinity, and that's part of how that works for me because at the end of the day, it's all three in one, right? Yeah. You know, for, I, I like the fact that, you know, Robbie and I are complete opposites as far as different things that we like. We, we, we both love fishing, but the way we go about things are different. It doesn't make it wrong. It's, it's I'm learning to appreciate um a different aspect of life that I only see through your eyes. So when I pick on you, it's out of love. <laughs> through yon window breaker. <laughs> that's what that's out of like. The, the, the Holy Spirit for me comes to me more as the comforter. Right? And he leads me to truth that helps me find comfort in God. And so I think even in that, God knows what's happened to us in our past. He, he was there with us. He knows the things that's happening to us currently. And he knows that the Holy Spirit needs to come to us uniquely to reach us in ways that uh, only can be reached through his love that way. Now, Vinny, go ahead, Vinny. No, I forgot what I was going to say about you you and Robbie. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I want you guys out there to know that Robbie's tall, thin, and uh, big A here is not chubby and not that tall. (laughs) It, it's they're just opposite. That's yeah, all. they're just opposite. That's all they really yeah. are. 
You want to talk about the opposite of these four guys over here? It's me. Yeah. Well, what really helped me and what John Owen explained was that now how do the three kind of come together? And if you look at, you know, one of the things that if we, you know, love our father, our earthly fathers or heavenly father, you're going to want to do that through obedience. And so the way that we can commune with God, the father is through obedience. If we obey the father, then we're communing with him. We're having a relationship with him, but that in effect can't really get done. I can't obey the father actually as Moses found out through the law without the help of Jesus's blood, giving me the ability to be free to obey the father. So now I need Jesus in order to be obedient. Now I've brought two in, but in order to illustrate that truth, in order to bring Jesus to life inside of Robbie, that takes the Holy Spirit, you see. And so once Jesus is brought to life to me through the Holy Spirit, I'm in an ability now to obey the Father. And in doing so, now I am communing triunally <laughs> with, with all three at the same time. How cool. And I think for when you look at it that way, for me, it, it says, okay, it's it, in start, God start transition in my life of praying differently. I pray sometimes things to the Holy Spirit. I pray things to Jesus. I, I pray things to the Father. Not that they're all not one, but they, they uniquely do different things in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to ask the Holy Spirit to guide me into truth or to comfort me or to, from, again, for me, I talk to Jesus as he's my friend. You know, and I go to my Father with questions about my life, whether those are necessarily happy conversations or not so much. You know, that the, the Father's there and he's big enough to love me through it and help me guide it. And so... I think it becomes kind of cool as you understand it more to really say, wow, this is so interwoven, but yet so separate. And I can treat it that way in my life. Right. And getting back to the the original idea was that before we ever came out on scene, before creation was, there was this fellowship of the father and the son and, and they called us up into this adventure. And the good news is we're going to spend eternity with something that we really are going to, you know, you end up in awe of and, and, and so as you're praying this week, I would challenge you to, to think about, okay, how can I commune now with the Holy Spirit? How can I commune with Jesus? How can I commune with the Father? And, and in deepening your heart at going after God. How do they get connected to us? Through masculinejourney.what, Sam? D- dot org. Now, how many pages was the John Owens book? About 1,200. Man, that took a lot of fortnights for you to read that. <laughs> The Masculine Journey Radio Show comes to you weekly on The Truth because of your faithful prayer and gifts. Their address is Masculine Journey Radio, P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285, or online at truthnetwork.com. Be sure to let them know that you listen to the program on The Truth Network.